Welcome to Stories with a Twang. I'm Nathan. Today's episode is called An Eternal Embrace, from Jeffrey Introduces 13 More Southern Ghosts by Catherine Tucker Wyndham. Colorful pamphlets from Florida's Silver Springs urge, Explore the indescribable beauty of the world's largest group of crystal clear springs through the magic of glass-bottomed boats. Most visitors to this tourist attraction do ride in the glass-bottomed boats, and most of them during that ride hear the tragic story of the young lovers who, in death, created the legend of the bridal chamber. People still living near Silver Springs remember Aunt Scylla, the old woman who seemed as ageless and as immortal as the very springs themselves. It was she who told the stories of the lovers. She knew them both. Theirs was the classic story, the rich boy Claire Douglas in love with the poor girl Bernice Mayo. The way Aunt Scylla told it, she had known and loved Bernice Mayo since the girl was a blonde toddler. Bernice was one of a house full of children of Tom and Jesse Lee Mayo, sharecroppers on the land owned by Captain Harding Douglas. During the summer that Bernice was two, that fateful second summer when so many babies used to get sick and die, she was struck with an illness for which her parents could find no cure. Always a frail child, Bernice lost her appetite, became listless, and had fever so high that her thin body was almost scorching to the touch. The Mayos had no money to pay a doctor, and when they walked up to the big house and asked Captain Douglas for money for a doctor, he cursed them and ordered them off his porch. So they tried again all the home remedies they knew and watched with sad hearts as their little girl grew weaker and weaker. One day, Aunt Scylla, who lived in a cabin on the shores of Silver Springs, passed the Mayo's house on her way to town. She saw Bernice lying on a quilt on the edge of the porch, and she stopped to inquire about the child. She listened quietly as Mrs. Mayo told the long story of Bernice's illness. When the story ended, Mrs. Mayo was weeping, and Scylla herself found it hard to hold back the tears. Don't cry, she said to Mrs. Mayo. Crying ain't gonna help. She paused a minute, looking at the sick child, and said, I believe I can make her well. There are some roots and herbs that grow in the woods near my cabin. They'll cure her. If you'll let me take her home with me, I'll nurse her back to health. Mr. and Mrs. Mayo agreed to let Aunt Scylla take Bernice home with her, so the woman gathered the limp baby in her arms and returned to her cabin. Three weeks later, Bernice, rosy and strong, ran laughing into the outstretched arms of her mother. Thus began a friendship between Aunt Scylla and Bernice that deepened through the years. Aunt Scylla watched Bernice grow up, gloried in her beauty and in her gentleness. Often, they would sit outside Aunt Scylla's cabin while the old woman brushed Bernice's long blonde hair and talked about what the future held for her. Don't worry, child. You won't always be poor. Someday, a rich young man will fall in love with you. He'll be handsome, too. And she would weave a romantic story ending with, An old Aunt Scylla will come take care of your children. Although she never mentioned him to Bernice, Aunt Scylla had a particular young man in mind when she told the stories. The lover she had selected for Bernice was Claire Douglas, only son of the man who owned the fertile acres from which Bernice's father tried to grub a living. Claire was nothing like his harsh, tyrannical father. He was a sensitive young man, much like his mother, who years before had fled from the domineering Captain Douglas. Claire, who could scarcely remember his mother and Captain Douglas had forbidden anyone on the place to mention her name. The only reminder Claire had of her was a narrow gold bracelet set with pearls and rubies. She had smuggled it to him years before with a note saying, Remember, I love you always, Mother. 
Captain Douglas and Claire never understood each other, and as Claire grew older, their quarrels became more bitter. It was after a violent argument with his father that Claire sought out the peaceful solitude of Silver Springs to calm his temper and clear his mind. As he sat beside the spring, he heard a twig snap behind him and turned to see a young girl running through the trees. Claire sprang up and ran after her, wondering if perhaps his senses had played a trick on him, for he had never seen such a lovely girl before. He was about to give up the chase, convinced that it was a trick of the imagination and not a real girl he had seen, when he came to a clearing in the woods and saw the blonde nymph laughing and talking with an old woman. Claire approached the pair cautiously, for he still did not entirely trust his senses. They greeted him courteously, and in a few minutes, the three were engaged in friendly, carefree conversation. Aunt Scylla smiled to herself as she saw how happy Claire and her beloved Bernice were together. That first chance meeting led to many more as the couple's friendship developed into love. They met often at Aunt Scylla's cabin and they borrowed her boat to row out into the clear waters of Silver Springs. They would sit in the boat for hours watching the springs and dreaming. Of all the springs, they liked the cold, restless, boiling spring best, perhaps because it symbolized the turbulence in their own lives. It was while they were watching the boiling spring one day that Claire asked Bernice to marry him and she accepted his proposal. He had no ring to give her, but he took from his pocket his mother's jeweled bracelet and slipped it on her arm. Meanwhile, Captain Douglas had learned of the love affair, of the tryst, and of the plans of marriage. He was not pleased. No son of mine will marry poor white trash, he stormed. Despite Claire's protest, he was shipped off to Europe in company of an aunt. Before he left, Claire managed to have a final meeting with Bernice to assure her that he would always love her, that he would write every day, and that he would return soon to claim her as his bride. Captain Douglas prolonged Claire's stay abroad, and he intercepted all the letters Claire and Bernice wrote to each other. Months passed, and Bernice had no word from Claire. He has forgotten me, she thought. She began to grow listless and to waste away just as she had done during the summer of her babyhood. This time, however, Aunt Scylla had no roots or herbs to work a magic cure. She watched helplessly as death came to claim her. Bernice knew she was dying. She had no will to live, and she chose to die at Aunt Scylla's cabin near the spring where she and Claire had shared so many happy hours. Before she died, Bernice made Aunt Scylla promise to bury her not in the earth, but in the clear waters of Silver Springs. You must take my body, Bernice instructed to boiling springs and put it in the water there. If you love me, you will carry out my wish. Please, dear Aunt Scylla. Aunt Scylla wept as she prepared Bernice's body for its watery grave. She brushed the girl's long hair, smoothed her dress, and in the stillness of the night, placed the body gently in her boat. Slowly, she paddled to the boiling spring, and there, sobbing a prayer, she lowered Bernice's body into this water. The next day, Claire returned from his long journey. Not once had he heard from Bernice, though he had written to her daily for months. She, he assumed, had wearied of waiting for him and had given her love to someone else. His father professed to know nothing of Bernice. He did not mention having made her family move out of their sharecropping house. He did spend much time telling Claire about a lovely young girl, daughter of a rich banker, who was visiting in the neighborhood. Claire, disturbed and sad, went to Aunt Scylla's cabin hoping to learn something about Bernice, but the old woman was not at home. A few minutes later, he saw her sitting on the bank of the springs and he hurried toward her. She did not respond when Claire greeted her and he assumed that she had become senile, a victim of the ravages of time. 
he could not know that she was lost in deep grief. Although she did not seem aware of his presence, Claire asked her permission before taking her boat and rowing out toward Bowling Spring. He wanted once again to visit the spot where he and Bernice had pledged their love to each other. Then he would do as his father wished and go meet the young lady Captain Douglas had chosen for him to marry. A kaleidoscope of memories engulfed Claire as he reached the spring, and in each memory he saw Bernice's face, heard her laughter. In the midst of his reverie, he glanced down into the crystal water and to his horror saw a young woman's hand thrust out of a rock crevice 80 feet below him. On the wrist was a jeweled bracelet, the bracelet he had given Bernice. Claire dived from the boat into the sparkling water, down, down, down. He tried to lift the body and return it to the surface, but it was lodged in the rocks, and he could not pull it free. So the bereaved young man clasped Bernice's body to him, holding it in an embrace that has become immortal. Aunt Scylla said the rocks opened up to receive the lovers, then closed again forever. People who heard the strange story from Aunt Scylla knew she spoke the truth. Bowl and Spring was renamed the Bridal Chamber, and guides at Silver Springs today tell the story of the lovers' internal embrace. And sometimes tourists peering into the seething spring catch glimpses of a young girl and a young man locked in each other's arms. Perhaps it is only shadows they see or reflections in the water, but many of them are certain that they see, quite distinctly, a jeweled bracelet sparkling in the water of the bridal chamber. Alright everyone, I hope you all enjoyed this week's story. If you would like to learn more about Catherine Tucker Wyndham, you can go to ktwyndham.weebly.com. Also, Silver Springs is an official Florida State Park now, so if you'd like to visit, they do still have the glass bottom boats. If you have any stories you would like me to read on the show, you can send them over to storieswithatwang at gmail.com. The show is on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Stories with a Twang Podcast. It would mean an awful lot if you could rate and review the show wherever you listen, and don't forget to share with your friends and family as well. I hope you all have a wonderful week, and until next time, remember that a little twang goes a long way.